0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Beis we will be learning Daf Nun Vav in Maseches Uh Yesterday, we started the fifth parak Af Alpi, and so we we covered some ground because now we're up to thirteen lines up from the bottom of and uh, Bays. Andrew just calls it the top line of and Bays, and it says like this: Viravlo azvil basar What was the question? Like this, the umdina we said. Is it Rav or Rabbi Nasan that holds like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah? What does Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah hold and what does it have to do with Umdana? As follows. We said that the concept of Tosefes Ksuba in our Mishnah, Rabbi Lazar bin Azaria. we just spent all of yesterday talking about how Tosefes Ksuba was part of the Ksuba. This additional uh, aspect of the Ksuba, which the Gemara had explained, we allow a chassan to lavish extra Ksuba on top of the Ksuba, and write it in, and we talked about how that Tosefus Ksuba has status of Kasuba itself. Very nice. However, Belaz bin Azariah qualifies that and says that is only all going to apply if Nisuin was consummated, if we had Nisuin. But if Rahman al-Atslan, the Chassan, dies after Erison, well, then those elements of the Tosefus Ksuba were not intended because the Tosefus Ksuba was intended to correlate to Nisuit. So we say intended to correlate, but it says it's written in Aksuba. What does the intent have to do with it? So the answer is, yeah, we have to take the Hassan's intent, so to speak, into account. And we know that either Rav or Ravi Nassan agrees with this, but we don't know who. So we spent yesterday explaining Ravi Nassan and showing that Ravi Nassan holds of this concept of umdana in other contexts of where you speculate as to what the intent was. And now we're saying, wait a minute. So Rabbi Nassan is the one that holds like Rav ben and Rav does not hold like Rav ben Don't we have cases where Rav also is taking into account the intent of the individual that's making a Kenyan? And that's what we pick up today. Examples of Rav that also holds Basar Umdana as follows. Right, and once we, once we have this example, then we'll say, well, both Rav and Rabbi Nassim might hold like Rabbi Lazar and Nazaria. So let's see inside. Says the Gemara, now we're going to give a case of where it looks like Rav also holds of Umduna. as follows. So this is an unusual case. Usually in Matna Shechimira, it's going to say in the Matna Shechimira, so-and-so from their deathbed has said as follows, right? This person wants to make a Kinyin, but, he's, but it's a very stressful situation. And therefore, Chazal made a takana, right? The Rabbanon said that it has its own special, unique characteristics, this kind of Kenyan. You don't have to necessarily um, write it in the same way. You may not have to make the Kenyan sudar, sudar, right? Where you're like lifting the pen. It has different characteristics. But here, he did both what we call belt and suspenders, right? The guy didn't want to take any chances. So I'll say, I'll explain it outside first, but really the Gemara explains it quite explicitly. Uh, what it's gonna happen here is, out of a overabundance of caution, right, the person on their deathbed is actually going through all the motions of both a legitimate Kenyan and a matnas nashchiv Well, when he does that, he sends mixed messages, Right? So now we don't know exactly, will, is this supposed to take on the characteristics of a matna shchivmeirah, which has unique characteristics, which the Gemara will explain? Or is it supposed to take on the characteristics of a, right, regular kenyan, which has its own characteristics, as the Gemara will also explain? So the machlokis here between Rav and Shmuel is going to be, Rav is going to say, well, just, just make the kenyan, because we know that the only reason he sends us these mixed messages is out of an overabundance of caution because he really wanted, right? We assume his das. We assume that he really wanted to make the kinyan, and therefore we're going to take that intent into account. Whereas Shmuel, good morning, is going to say, uh, well, "I'm getting mixed messages. I don't really know what to do with this Kenyan. so let's see it inside." So, ma'asechim <laughs> That's the case. He made both kinds of kinyan, belt and suspenders. So, bebe rav mishmei rav amri arkave atre richshe. In the Yeshiva of Rav, they used to say in the name of the Rosh Yeshiva Rav as follows, that the, that the person who's a Shechiv mirah made it, what? Arkave riding a tray on two Rishchei. Uh, horses. Okay? We're on a f- uh, fourth line down from the top of the name of Bez. In other words, it's going to be re, 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 uh, binding, right? This gift is going to be a binding gift that we're going to let him... Dance at both weddings, as it were, or ride on both horses. We're gonna let him say, okay, he made both kind of kinyanim, and usually they have some contradictory aspects to it, which, which the Gemara will explain, but we're gonna put the kinyan through because we know what his kavana is. That's what Rob said. I really don't know how to make a judgment on this. I don't, I, I don't know how, how this kinyan is supposed to go. I'm, I'm getting mixed messages. So now the Gemara is gonna actually explain, um, how this manifests as follows. In the Yeshiva of Rav, they used to say in the name of Rav that you're dancing in both weddings in the following way, or riding on both horses as follows. It's true that this right, unique kind of kinyon, has aspects of a right of a of a request or or a gift of a of a well person and of a deathly ill person. How so? Ahmad Eno it's like the gift of a healthy person in the sense that if this person who thought he was on his deathbed actually, Baruch Hashem, recovered and got better, well, he would not be able to retract this gift. Because after all, when a healthy person uh, makes this kind of kinyan, you can't retract it. There's no backsees on this kind of kinyin. That It's true that a person uh, who's sick who makes a kinyan and then gets better can retract it. But that was not—that was clearly not this person's intent, because he actually went through the right, the legitimate Kenyan. Also, so in that sense, we're going to say he cannot retract the gift because he did, in fact, go through the Kenyan Suda and the regular Star um, in that way as well. But beyond that, but it's also like a uh, Shchimira, because he has an extra unique aspect of a Kenyan Shchimira. Where you could say a debt that's, that's owed to me, uh, which is how he refers to his alvasi, my loan, a debt that's owed to me can be given to so and so, which is something that you can't usually do. In other words, if you have somebody who owes you money in a typical, right, typical halakha of money, you can't just start redirecting all of those things, right, uh, without actually contacting that original borrower and making the, right, the transaction official. Right. Uh, however, um, a shchiv mirah doesn't have the benefit of that kind of time, and he can't do that, and therefore we have a special takana that you can redirect loans Right uh, for the sake of expedience. We're going to let him do so uh, in the case of a shchiv mirah. So what Rav is saying is that we've created now sort of like a third uh, halacha category, whereas normally with matna shchiv mirah, you can redirect the loans, but also if you get better, you can also retract, um, and, and normally, in regular cases, you cannot redirect the loans, but you also cannot retract. Here, we're dancing at both weddings. We could say that you can redirect loans like a shchiv but you also cannot retract like a bari. And so we're making this mixed kind of, right, hybrid Kenyan because of the nature of the situation, because we know that that's what the person had in mind, that he wanted to Make the Kenyan. That was the p'sak of Rav. However, Shmuel says, No, well, initially it was a Shmatna Nashchiv but then he went and he made this star, and he made a Kenyan Sudar, and he made the whole legitimate kind of Kenyan that a healthy person would make, and in so doing, maybe he canceled out his Shemot and, and and made the whole thing reliant on the Shtar. Well, once he made the whole thing reliant on the, on the Kenyan, what happened there was, let's say, in a case where he dies, right? Not every shchiv mira um, heals, so if he were to die, so now you could see that that whatever he wanted to do with the Kenyan should not actually take effect, because after all, Kenyan doesn't work la achar misa, and so he contradicted his Matna shchiv and undid it in a sense with his Kenyan suda that's what shmuel says so the, so so what do we learn from from this and that's the end of the and hay and now andrew i bring you Daphnan vav at the manageable time of 545 and off we go um, but when we in, in completing Daphnan hay we have seen with with respect to Rav and shmuel here that shmuel is just being very literal he sees the kinyan soder and the star and he says well now i got mixed messages I don't know whether that cancels out the original Matna shchiv Whereas Rav is willing to say no, 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 no. By giving the sudar and the kinyan, that was just an expression of his full intent to really make this kinyan go through. And so he had what I like to call belt and suspenders. Right? He made doubly sure that the kinyan would go through. So he, unlike Shmuel, he doesn't say, "Well, he undid his original kinyan." Uh, he may have, it was just a clumsy attempt to reinforce his original Kenyan, and therefore we're going to right, apply the halacha uh, accordingly. And we're going to say, yes, this Kenyan works. Of course, it's going to have aspects of Manashchimirah and aspect of Kenyan. But what Rav ultimately is doing is using the obvious, what he considers to be the assumed intent of the Shchimirah in this case, and applying it to the halacha. So we see that not only does Ravi Nassan. Yesterday, but Rav today, they both apply the assumed intent to the halacha. So now we don't know which one holds. Like our Rabbi Lazar Ben of the Mishnah that applies the intent of the chasan to the Tosafis of the Ksuba in only in the case of nisuin. So says the Gemara. Involved, top line in Basar Daalof. It is true that both Rabbi Nasan and Rav hold of this concept of umdana, where we assess and assume the intent of the Baal. However, so, so then who's going to be the one who says that we hold like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah? Right? Because we said between Rav and Rabbi Nassan, only one of them agrees with Rabbi Lazarus ben Azariah and Mishnah. So one of them who agrees with Rabbi Lazarus ben Azariah, it makes sense because they both hold the Vumdana and it seems that that's what fuels Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah's shita as well. However, he who holds that Alakha is not like Rabbi Lazarus ben Azariah in our Mishnah. It is not because he doesn't hold of the idea of umdina. He also holds of the idea of umdina and that we can assume intent. So why then does he not hold like Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah? Because there is an assumption of a different kind of intent. The intent of the chasan in our Mishnah was not to make it all the way through the chuppah, but to ikruve daita. In other words, both Rav and Rabbi Nasan are going to assume, are going to take whatever they assume to be the chassan's das, and they're going to apply it to the halacha. However, one of them assumes that the chasan's das is to make it under the chuppah and to have full nisuin. The other one assumes that the reason why the chassan added the tosefes ksuba was to look cool in the eyes of his kala, to impress her. Right? Right? In order to impress her and to bring her feel uh to give her a feel feeling of closeness to him. And therefore it was not with the intent necessarily per se, literally, of having to make it to the chuppah. His mind he was just wanting to impress his kala. So he added it to Sefes Ksuba at that stage, and therefore, even if he passed away Rahman al before the the Nisuin, that does not mean that he did not intend to Offer her this Tosefes Ksuba, right? Even at the earlier stage of erisin, and therefore that's the machlokas uh, between Rav and Rabbi Nassan. If they when they disagree with Elizabeth and Azarya, they agree that we assess what the chassan's uh, uh, das is. They only disagree as to what that das is, which oh is to boy. say, is the das to make it all the way to nisuin, or is it simply to impress the Kala, In which case, even after erisin, they would hold like the Tanakama that even after erisin, you'd have to pay the Tostefes Ksuba. Fine. So now, who's the halacha like Rabbi Elazar ben or not? <coughs> so apparently, this is controversial, as we'll see. Yossi Rabbi Chanina, Karach camei der Yannavei Rabbi Hanina was an expert of scripture, and he was sitting in front of Rabbi Yannai. He's saying Halakha Rabbi Elazar ben said, "Yeah, we hold like Rabbi Elazar ben that you don't get the suffix suba if it's before Nisuin." So Rabbi Yannai said to him, Karach labra. go take that that pasuk out of here, get it out of the base meshi. I don't believe you." I don't believe that that's true. Okay? I did not like that. Okay. So I'm Rivethik Baravdimbishari. It says that Rabbeinu, who's Rabbeinu? We have this one uh, word, two letter Rashi, Rav. top Rashi and Nun Vav Madalef. Yell Rabbainu would be Rav. Tosfas, top Tosf says, uh, it doesn't seem like it would be Rav because w- why would we be having all of this um problems? Identifying whether it's Rav or Rabbi Nasan that holds, like Rabbi Lazim and Azariah. If Rabinu meant Rav, then maybe we would go with with um, with this with this uh, testimony, right? And therefore, he thinks Rabbeinu is Rabbi Nasi. Okay, but be that as it may, I would have said that uh, to defend Rashi, Rabbi Yitzchik Bar Abdimi is saying in, in the name of Rav that, that could be true. But I don't know, there's so much controversy as to whether halacha is like is like Rabbi Lazar bin Azariah. Maybe there's also confusion as to who said what. Be that as it may, he said Halaqah Karlazar bin Azaria. So Amr Rav Nachman and Shmuel, Halacha kerbalazar Ben Azaria. See here, even Shmuel holds like Kerbazar Ben Azariah. Rav Nachman Diday Amar ain't Allah Karlazar bin Azaria. Rav Nachman does not hold himself. He thinks that Shmuel holds so, but he does not. Okay. army, bin Um so in the Nehardaim, in the they used to quote Rav Nachman as saying that the Halacha is like Rabbi ben Nazariah. Well, it sounds like they had it wrong because it sounds like over here we're saying that Rav Nachman himself said that the, So, so Rav Nachman said that Halacha is like Rabbi ben Nazariah. And then the Nehardaim would say in his name that the Halacha is in fact like Rabbi ben Nazariah. Okay? So, fine, we have a lot of controversy. And then we say, V'afagav, the Rav Nachman, v'amar. So here we have, even within Rav Nachman, mixed messages, right? Because lot means he cursed. Rav Nachman would curse anyone who said, anybody who, who would uh, pasken like Rav Lazar and Azariah, hokhi b'hokhi yeah, Such and such and such would happen to him. We're not going to spell out what the curse was, but it was bad. He was wishing uh, ill upon anybody who pasken like Rav Elazar even though we just said that the Naradaim thought that Rav Nachman did hold like Rav Elazar and so, what is going on? Anyways, even with all this controversy, halacha ben Azariah. And in fact, the Gemara concludes, halacha <laughs> ben Azariah. So, you made it to the punchline. The punchline is, right, that, that um, we hold that if, again, like karebelazar ben Azariah, like our Mishnah, that if you don't uh, make it to the Nisuin, the Tosef Ksuba will not be paid out. Okay. Interesting, right? Uh, all the back and forth. A very controversial issue, Andrew. What can I tell you? I, I would have said, uh, well, what does it matter what I would have said? I'm just like throwing, <laughs> like, this is like an emotional decision. All right. All right. Now, certainly, Rabbi Ezra Benazariah is, is a massive uh, one, of, one of our giant kadolim who perpetuated the Torah. So, uh, so we're okay with the lacha being like Rebel Ezra Benazariah. Okay. Five, uh, seven lines up from the wide. Two dots. Here we go. By Ravin, Revan wanted to know. All right, we're going to split the atom here now. Like the das of the Baal when he wants to give the Tosefis ksuba. So let's go with the das of the Baal. Let's assume that the Lach is like Rabbi Ezra ben Azariah and that that matters. That if you made it, if you didn't make it to the to the Nisuin, that she doesn't get the Tosefis. Okay? Okay, So so the question now is going to be. How, now we're going to really try to get into the mind of this chassan. Does he want to make it to the nisuin? Does he want to make it to B'Rishona? Does he want to make it to the chuppah? Like, which stage does he really have in mind? I, I can't help it. I have to laugh. I always, um, do you ever go to one of these weddings in the five towns? Of of these Taras Chaim guys, where 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 you have the Chassidish guy saying, um, and what is the Chasson thinking about? He's thinking about Yerushalayim. You, you've been to that one? Yeah, that's beautiful. Anyway, well, this Gemara discusses what the Chasson really is thinking about, because it, because depending on what he's actually thinking about, and and, and it happens to be the Gemara doesn't mention Yerushalayim even, um, but. What he's really thinking about is gonna matter as to whether she gets to Tosef Ksuba. So let's see it inside. Bai Ravin, Niklas al Khopa Mahu, chibas chupa Koina, or Khibas koina. What is the Khatsin really thinking about? Is he thinking about making it to the Chupa or is he thinking about the beer or Ishona? It's gonna matter. Because if what he's thinking about is the beer ishona and all he did was make it to the chuppa, maybe he still shouldn't give the Ksuba, right? They didn't consummate Nisu the Andrew. Okay, so let's see. Tashma, well we have a uh, bryce as follows. Bryce says, Rabbi Yosef says, harishon. Okay. He wrote the ksuba, right, only on, because, on the layla harishon. That's what the Rabbi says. Well, that's ambiguous. Which aspect of the layla harishon is it referring to? So let's see. It says, If you're going to say that all he wanted to do was to sit under the chuppah and to have Barry Weber sing uh, what the Chassan's thinking about your shalim, said, Ha'inu do'amra layla harishon. Then I can understand why that would be the Laila Harishon, because after all, when does the chuppah take place? That first night of the marriage. If what he was looking for was the the bia, so then bia. So then, really, the bia that he's looking forward to so much doesn't only take place in the Laila Harishon. That's going to take place, you know, going forward. And so, therefore, the language of the brisah of Laila Harishon doesn't sound as much like the bia because that would be ongoing going forward, but it sounds more like it's the chuppah. So the Gemara, not so much. Yeah, but the, Brisa says, So now that's confusing, because the chuppah can take place at night, but the chuppah, unlike at this point, the Gemara assumes bia, which takes place primarily at night, the chuppah can be during Memorial Day, uh, like we did. We got married during the day, uh, Memorial Day. Or it could be on a Sunday. You have a lot of day weddings, and so the laila aspect of the Brysa doesn't seem does not seem to imply chuppah, right? And therefore, we're not sure if that's what the intention is, and that's what the b'risa is teaching you. That's what the gemara here says. You're going to say the chuppah is only at night and not during the day. It is of course certainly during the day as well. This is the gemara. Well, I could say the same of bia. Bia, but usually is at night and not during the day. Well. It, you would think that it's at night, but not necessarily. Ha'am HaRavah, Kavrava himself said, Im afel muter, That it's mutter uh, to have bia in, uh, during the day, as long as you have the Israeli trisim, right? And you get the the place totally dark. Um, this is a halachic shaila, and it's brought down in Shilchan Arche, and you have to listen to the great Tafiyomi Master of Rai Leibovitz to get into... What the contemporary halacha on this issue would be, but presumably, rava certainly was considered mainstream halacha, according, um, and therefore, that was considered the idea of laila, therefore, neither applies to bia or to chopa necessarily. And therefore, we don't know really what the Bryce is trying to get at when he's saying that it's the laila rishon that he's waiting for. So it says the Gemara, halakasha, That aspect of rava, that bia can happen during the day, is not really moving the needle here because In other words, we're talking about what the general, usual way is. So it is actually quite common to have a day wedding. A lot of weddings are on Sunday. That's why it's more expensive. Not because nobody does it, because everybody wants to do it. And therefore, a lot of them are day weddings on Sundays. However, um, uh, th- this is that's a very American thing, right? in Israel it wouldn't matter. But in America, you have a lot of day weddings. Um, However, to have the bia during the day is a lot less common. So even though Rabba's Shita that it can be done, notwithstanding, it's still not the norm. And therefore, when we say Laila Rishon, it sounds like we're talking about the bia, not the chuppah, because it is the bia that's typically done at night. However, the Gemara says, Chupa namilo kasha. Well, chuppah, I don't know, uh, that does not necessarily mean that we don't really think that when it says Laila Rishon, it, Dafka means the Bia, because after all, the came the stam Chupa Lubia Kaima or Laila. In other words, just like you're gonna say that it's usually that the Bia takes place at night. So just like you're gonna say that, well, also when you say Chupa, even though the chupa could take place during the day, when we talk about the chupa, we are referring to the chupa as it pertains to the marriage and the first night of marriage. And so when the Brace says Layla Rishon, it not we're not going to get too technical about whether it dafka means the bia or the chuppa based off of that brysa because Lila rishon means Lila rishon it means the chuppa and the bia of the first night it means the whole thing so the brysa isn't really helping us out in terms of splitting the atom and figuring out right whether the chassan's das is on the chuppa itself or the bia itself because Lila rishon could mean either one Barry. so we've not resolved it okay so that's unresolved and now Ravashi's going to pile on another question what about the following case? That this would, this would help if we knew the lacha to this, right? If the guy gets to go to the chuppah, but he, he's not going to have Bia because she's a Nida. But they have the ceremony, Barry. They're, they're walking down the aisle. Everyone's there. They have the shmorg, It's all great. So if the chasans das was really the chuppah, then it should work. Right? Regardless of the fact that she's a Nida, because the Chupah would work. So what would be the halacha? Says the Gemara, well, that's what he spells out. If you're going to say all he wants is a Chupah, then Chupah, Jechaz, Leviyah. Well, maybe even then, we're going to split it even further and say, well, maybe even if what he wants is a Chupah, then it's not really any old chupa that he wants. What he wants is a Chupah, Roy, Leviyah, which the Chupah's Nida is not. have a Lochaz, will be a Odil, Or maybe all he wants is a Chupah. He wants to, he always dreamt as a young man to be under the wedding canopy. He doesn't really, really didn't really think it through as to whether it would be a chuppas need or not. The Gemara says, Teiku. So next time you're at a chasana in the, uh, in Marina Del Rey and, and Barry Weber singing, Oh, what is the chasana thinking about? Andrew, I want you to yell out, We don't know what he's thinking about. Teku." Okay. That's your job. Here. <laughs> okay. Two dots, seven lines down from the white. Here we go. Rabbi Huda Ratzach, You got this? Okay, Yishikarach. Yishikarach. says, what's going on here? So, that was an interesting suggestion of Rabbi Yehuda. A whole new topic. Remember we said in the Mishnah, fascinating thing, guy can't afford or whatever. He's never, he's never seen 200 Zuz in his life. He can't marry a woman and promise her a of 200 Zuz. So you we say, well, okay, keep the ksuba looking like it's 200 Zuz. Good morning. And, uh, have the woman write a Shovar, A receipt. Uh, for the hundred Zuz. As Rashi pointed out, it's a fiction, right? It's a fictitious Shovar because uh, she didn't receive the money. But we're letting her write a receipt in order to reduce, right, the liability to a hundred Zuz. That was a suggestion of Rabbi Yehuda in our Mishnah. And we had Rameya and Rabbi Yehuda kind of, we weren't sure, are they contradicting each other or not? So we'll see. Says the Gemara, first of all, the can it really be uh, true that our Mishnah has Rabbi Yehuda recommending a receipt? we have evidence elsewhere Rabbi hates receipts, Andrew. Because we had Tanan Mishnah in Bavabasra, Kuf Aleph, says, Mishapar mixas chavo. So let's say, let's get, let's, let's get David into the action. Um, uh, Andrew was sick of borrowing money from, from, uh, from Barry. And so now he went and he's borrowing money from David. And Andrew, as he does, is paying it back piecemeal. So he borrowed $100,000 and he's paying it back in $20 bills. So he's so he's paying off some of his loan. However, every time Andrew's going to reborrow, is going to pay back a little bit of the loan. Rebihuda Shita in Baba Basra is that now they're going to have to draw up a new contract. And why are we saying that? He's actually to protect Andrew. Again, Andrew is the borrower. We are protecting Andrew because Andrew is going to now have to, in order to not have to pay up this entire $100,000 loan, if he wants to take into account all the little payments that he's made along the way, he's going to have to keep a million receipts. Not literally a million, but you know what I mean, Barry. This pile of receipts, he's going to have to be organized about it. And if, God forbid, he should lose all those receipts because the cleaning lady threw him out, uh, David, in all, uh, by all accounts, will say, hey, man, here's my $100,000 star. just pay up. I don't know what you're talking about, right? I don't know what your receipts are. It is for this reason that Rebuta hates receipts. He doesn't want to have Andrew have the responsibility of keeping all the receipts because Barry could always go with the star. So what is he going to... I mean, or Andrew, or uh, David. So now what's going to happen is he's going to say the following. Every time that we have one of these transactions, David's going to write a new star. Now, David is the lender. He's the one that's getting the money back. And so he has... To hold on to the star. For him, that's like money, right? That's like currency. So that's just one star, and that's the entire loan in one star in the hands of the lender where it's like currency. That's how we're gonna do this, says, says Rabbi Huda. We're not gonna write these receipts. Okay, so that's what we read inside. You're gonna write a whole new star, right, with the reduced amount instead of giving out a receipt. and Rabbi Yossi didn't mind shovar and receipts so much. He says, let Andrew keep his his um, little uh, satchel filled with receipts, and then he'll reproduce them, and that's fine. So, this is a kasha, because why is Rabbi Huda, who's the one who hates receipts, allowing the kala to give the chassan a receipt for the kzuba? Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yirmiyak, he'sheh shovar ta'mitocha. Well, one answer might be according to Yirmiya, that you write it into the ksuba. In other words, there is no receipt. You just write into the ksuba that oh, 200 uh here I here I buy Yankel Shmerel, I am giving the 200 zuz ksuba to this Basula and by the way she paid back 100 zuz of it. It's not really a receipt, it's written into the ksuba. That's one possibility. Amar, he had a a, a different answer He says Let's say The ksuba makes no mention Right? You not You're not going to start writing Newfangled kind of ksubas You know You get the stock ksuba At Shopsies, uh, You get the psula kind That says 200 zuz And then you Give an addendum of a receipt But you're not going to change The language of the ksuba itself Okay? So how does this work then? According to Yehuda As follows Right? Dilma mirkas Tivarta. Now, there's in the case over there in Basra, where Andrew is borrowing money from David. So then, of course, right, there, Andrew actually repaid him. And therefore, dilma mirkas Tavarta, maybe that receipt, the Tavarta is the shovar, right? Because it's Aramaic, will have been lost. We're afraid Andrew is going to lose the receipts. And, and David is going to produce a star and say, pay up. Okay. The Hadar Gabi Hadar Gabi Zimna Right? And then, he, and then David, knowing that Andrew is a Shlamazel, no offense, to Andrew, and is going to keep losing the receipts, will just keep coming to Andrew and saying, pay up the entire amount. That we don't want to do. That's the reason why Behuda didn't like receipts in the first place. However, here, ha'cha Vadai that's how you read it. That's what Rashi says. Bitmia. He gives us a Bitmia over here. Here, in the case of the Kala, did he give her an actual partial payment? No. In other words, this is a legal fiction to begin with. So there was no receipt. So, OK, take Andrew and Lainey back, right, all those years when he's giving her the Xuba. So she gave, she could have given him a receipt that he paid the hundred Zuz. So you say, wait a minute, doesn't it be who hates receipts? He's like, yeah, but how much help do you want, Andrew? We already told you that she can give you this fictitious receipt. So what you want us to hold hold on to this receipt for you? Like she, you, you, it's bad enough that you didn't have to pay the money, and you're giving a receipt. Now the least you could do is hold on to it. It's not like the case where you paid David, and now we feel bad for you, and we don't want to give you the responsibility of holding on to the receipt. And the, this is the case where she didn't even give you anything, and she's giving you a fictitious receipt. The least you could do uh, is is hold on to it. And therefore, Rabbi is has a different perspective on the two different kinds of receipts. The one where it's a legitimate receipt, he feels bad for you, and he doesn't want to make you hold on to it, he's going to rewrite the star. But the one where the receipt is fictitious in the first place, he's going to ask you to hold on to it, right? Because therefore, Milsa, the She, Laney just wrote him a fictitious receipt as a favor. Therefore, Inatre, Nachre. If Angel's going to hold on to it, then good. Yeah, but if you don't hold on to it, then tough nuggies. We're not going to feel bad for you. It's, you call, you're loss. You caused yourself a loss. You should have held on to it, Andrew. Okay. And therefore, that's why Huda has th- two different um, right, perspectives on these two different types of receipts. Generally, he doesn't like them, but in this particular case, he suggests it. He's the one that actually, ironically, that suggests it in our Mishnah. Very interesting. So the Gemara says, I can understand why Bay didn't hold like Rebihima that you changed the star Because our Mishnah doesn't say that you're allowed to contain a right a receipt in the language of ksuba. You want to keep right the ksubas sort of like uniform. <speaking in Hebrew> why did Rabbi not hold like this beautiful right explanation of Baye where he explains that those two receipts are not really alike? Says the Gemara, to show Yeah, because what Yirmeyah would say is that we want to keep receipts uniform. I don't like to have this idea of like one receipt's okay in the case of ksuba, but a receipt is not okay in the case of financial transactions. In general, we're anti receipt if you're a yehuda, and therefore Rabbi Mir's perspective is that Rabbi Huda has to have had it written in the ksuba. Very good. Okay, so now we're eight lines up from the bottom of Nirvavim Radalph, and say time to katzvulei aval Pelo. Okay, so let's say this receipt. So let's go with a physical receipt, like. Right, like baya is going to explain. So if you're going to go with a physical receipt, let me ask you a question. Does the kala have to actually write it out? Or can she just verbally be moichel? Verbally be moichel the rest of the ksuba. So am I... Wait. Why, asks the Gemara, can the kala simply not be verbally moichel? Why is that not something that can be done? After all, says the Gemara, and it's the very same Rabbi Yehuda who's saying that you have to write the receipt in our Mishnah, who actually holds that no written receipts have to be written in the case, even if in the case where you're Mochel, when it comes to monetary matters, right, you could be Mochel even on things that are, that are written in, in the Torah. And therefore, the Mechila should be able to work, this receipt, so to speak, should be able to work. Verbally, as follows. The because we have the Brysa. The Brice says, is, says like this. A real jerk over here. He figures the, gr- the girl's desperate, and he says, I will, uh, I will marry you, or maybe he thinks she's super rich, she doesn't need my support. I'll marry you, you're Mekudeshus to me, on the condition that I don't have the responsibility of Sherik Susvona. Now, those responsibilities, Barry, are Mido Raisa. Those are written, we've already said, read them out. How can he say such a thing? That is a stipulation of the Torah. Says the Gemar, no, with no batal. She is mekudeshes, and therefore it's nice bottle So the Gemar is actually saying, just because that these are stipulations that are Midor Raisa, we say what we typically say the Risa. Masna Almasha a person who's actually makes stipulation and it's connected Halacha. We consider that nonsensical. We take whatever the tsunai is and we throw it out. It's as if he said nothing. It's no botel. Once it's as if he said nothing, then she's mekudesh. In other words, she's going to be married, but you better believe he's going to be chayef sherek sasvaona, because you can't say something connected to Torah, and therefore it's as if he said nothing, she's married, and he's chayef sherek owner. That's Divrei meir in the Brysa. However, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, our very same Rabbi Yehuda Holt, no how do you like that? So maybe Ona, he can't Retract. That he's going to have to give her. But clothing? Food? That's a Dabr Shemimamon. Because everything that's Dabr Shemimamon, David, like, okay, the Torah has many cases. Yerusha, right? Halachas, Nezikin, all of these things. We have all these different monetary things that the Torah says. But guess what? Any monetary transaction involves two people. And in any monetary transaction, one of the parties can be mochah. In other words, the Torah is going to say that you have a chiyav, but anybody can always, be for for uh, right, uh, give forbearance on any chiyuv. That's within the power of the parties involved. So it's a fascinating thing that when it comes to monetary things, these are not isr v'heter; these are dina mamon. So yes, the halacha and that halacha is enforceable in court monetarily. But anybody could be moichel. Yeah. So I was once in a bezdin, believe it or not, where somebody owed me money and they wanted to go to bezdin for whatever reason. It was a long story, but the bottom line is. Uh the Dayan said to me, you know, it's a mitzvah to be mochel. So I said, Okay, then I'm Mochel. Then I went back and my rabbi yelled at me for being an idiot. <laughs> he says, Yeah, they're supposed to tell you that it's a mitzvah to be mochel. But that doesn't mean that you have to be mochel, the guy owed you money. <laughs> anyway, so so that's Dibir Meir, Rabbi Huda Mamon, Tzna'o Tsnaookayim. Anyways, long long time ago, those were fun times. Alright. Tzna'o tnauokayim. Uh and yeah that was the irony is the guys I did go to Besden I was like okay whatever all right so you it worked. what yeah it worked the guy had a the guy really knew anyway <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you the rest of the story some other time because we're still on in Alpha. We're about to change, turn turn the page here. So anyway, Rabbi Huda holds the Davish now kaim. In other words, right? Like we said, that this Davish of the should be kaim because, like we said, you can be Mochel. So it's amazing he holds that you can be Mochel even in a Daraisa. So why in this Ksuba is he not allowing right the Mechila to be in a verbal form? He wants the written receipts. As the Gamar as the mission suggests, so Sans is the gemara. a Su Suba, they are yeah. It's goofa for that reason. In other words, you might have thought in the issues of Deraraisa, Rabbi Huda is allowed to be mochel verbally, so and in, in the Ksuba, you should be allowed to be mochel verbally, but it's exactly the opposite. It's counterintuitive. It is very much those things which are derabanan specifically that require the Chizuk derabanan and derabanan built into it that you're not allowed to be mochel in order to, right, support the, their Gezerah. So that's what the Gemara says, that Rabbi Huda holds that because the Ksuba is derabanan. And therefore, the chazal themselves made chizuk to their words, and it is specifically there where the, you can't be mochel, because that's built into the Gezera. So the Gemara says, is that true? Is it true that in derabunan issues, you cannot be mochel? We have other examples where in derabunans you can. For example, hari peros This has to do with the nichse which we've discussed already before. The woman brings in a dowry, brings in money, rather, to the marriage, and the husband, mi derabunan, is allowed to use Right, the what they call the usufruct. Is there is there a difference between usufruct and dividends? Probably, because otherwise it probably would have said dividend in the article. Anyways, but it's like dividends. Right, he's allowed to use the payros. Says the Gemara, but Avdu And didn't say that you can't be mochel. It's not. There we're going to see in Pay Gimel. The Mishnah says It's the same Rabbi Hu Ochel Peri He can uh, get the dividends, and also if you sell the dividends off to land, and then get dividends out of the land sold from the payros. You can also eat that. If you write that I, let's say for whatever reason, the husband doesn't want anything from her. It's a matter of pride or whatever. And the husband writes, I don't have any rights to your peros and peros, 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 peros forever. So if you write it out, says Rabbi Yehuda, so then we allow the husband to forego that right. So this is the same Rabbi Yehuda. So many mixed messages, Andrew. In the Ksuba, it sounds like he wants you to write it. Well, we'll say it's because it's Darabonim. Okay. Uh, in, in Divrei, right? He doesn't have you write it. Okay? And so here it sounds like you have to write it. So that's good because there are bonnets. But as we turn to Nunvavim Beys, here's the rub. Vakai Malan, Maikosev. What does it mean when he says that he has to write it up? Omer. He could even say it verbally. Oh, my goodness. And this is Sheetz's Rebbeudah. So it sounds like Rebbeudah holds that just with verbal relinquishing of the rights that are Durabanon, you can in fact forego those rights. So in the Durabanan, are we ex- a- uh, expecting you to write it? Or are we allowing you to do it verbally? Mixed messages. Amr, Abaya, Abay is gonna sort this out. Bai says, The Chol Yech Khzubah, B'lolah Chol Peros. Yeah. Everyone gets a Ksuba. not everyone has Peros of the Malug. And therefore says Abayim, milse de of the chizuk, milse de lo of the chizuk. In other words, if it's common and it's like a dover, right, uh, sh- sh- shavabakol. If it's common, right, so like this. What is nichse melug and what are these dividends? I'll explain it to you, Barry. The nichse, uh, uh, okay, every marriage is going to have a ksuba, right? That's kadasmoshavishra. And therefore, you would be undermining the entire element of ksuba, if you said that the receipt, right, ha- could be verbal. That, you need chizuk, because if something that everybody has, you don't want to undermine it, and therefore there we're going to need the chizuk, and if we're going to want to say, keep every ksuba at if you want to pay less, it has to be in writing, because this is something that you cannot forego as the kala, even though if it was daraisa, maybe you could, because it's in yonim demamon, midarabonon. De we are not, we have to, we have to support this, you're gonna have to write a receipt, okay, in writing. Very good. What about this, so, so that you have to do in writing. Why do you not have to do this dividends in writing? The answer is, it's very rare, especially in those days, to get dividends, because the dividends of Nikhseh Malug are different than Son barzel. The Nikhseh Son barzel are this dowry that a woman brings into a marriage. That's a dowry that dad gave, okay? The Nikhseh Malug, these are like, that's her, biz- that's her business, meaning, literally, her business. And that is very uncommon. A girl usually is not going to come in, and especially in those days where she's got like all this land and she's got these offshore Cayman Island accounts and she's got all these different dividends coming in. That's very uncommon. It can happen, but it's so unusual that we don't have to, right, give it chizuk. Typically, the most typical way she would have gotten the money in those days would be like somebody died and she got a Yerusha, Right. And the will come in even after the wedding. Those are, those are the dividends that we're talking about here. And those are so rare that we don't need to support it. And therefore, those can be undone, even though that's a right. Me darbanan, the darbanan are not doing chizuk to their unusual cases, right? And therefore, those could be undone verbally. They're only going to give chizuk to the every case of the ksuba because that would, um, right? That would threaten the very institution of ksuba if you did not support it. Okay. So now the Gemara says, wait a minute, we do have cases that are, in fact, common. And those cases which are common, uh, we're still supporting, uh, we're, not, we're, we're still not supporting it in writing because we still allow it to be verbal. So what we're showing is that even in common cases, sometimes we don't support Chazal by asking it to be in writing. How so? A Gemara that we already discussed, a fun Gemara on Daf Chab Kimmel, as follows says the Gemara, Hai, chamarim do you remember this case of the Chamarim? The Hamarim were the guys who were coming into town and they were selling their wares and there was suspicion of collusion. Remember we said the two girls that come out of jail and each one says that the other one is kosher? And then we compare it to the two sellers, these two marketers. What are they saying as follows? It's, in that case, law we didn't have to have anything in writing, as we'll see, even according to Rabbi Hudet. Tan, let's go through the Mishnah. The original Mishnah is in Demai. What was the Mishnah as following? Okay, the two... Mark dark, donkey drivers—they're a bunch of uh, basically marketing guys. You remember those is this controversy—whether this is halachically chadash or yashan. Rashi says no. Rashi's just saying chadash is the bad stuff, yashan is the good stuff because chadash means it's still soft grain and it can't be ground down very well into flour. And so he's saying my my schayra is terrible. Go to go to um, right so. Shimon and Yehuda. Shimon says Yehuda's is the good stuff. Yehuda says Shimon's is the good stuff. In so doing, right, they're building each other's credibility, but they're in collusion, guys. They're just trying to sell more stuff. So they're trying to build credibility by saying my stuff is no good. Well, that's really believable, isn't it? He says mine is bad. My friend's is the good, is the good old stuff. Mine, you're gonna have to take off my sir, because I didn't take off my sir, but my friend, oh, he's always taking off mycer. and therefore get from him, you're getting a better value. What does the Mishnah say? The Tanakama says, ne'emanim. Tanakama says, we don't believe him because we suspect collusion. Ne'emanim. There he is again, Rabbi And he believes them. He believes them. And, okay, so the Gemara says, wait a minute. Amar so that's different, right? They're believed, even though nothing's in writing, and even though nothing's being supported, and even though this is very common, right? He's going to believe them. He's not going to make you take off Miser. Wow. So how do you how do you reconcile this? Amarabai, Vaday de Divraim of the Chizuk. Yeah. In our case of the Ksuba, it's a v'adai. We don't have any suffix as to what the situation is is in the ksuba, And therefore that requires the Chizuk of the right, there's no suffix here, therefore it requires the Chizuk in writing. However, suffix de Divraim, Law of Duraban Chizuk. The case of the two donkey drivers and their and their right and their wheat, there's suspicion of collusion to be sure. But it's Purely a suspicion. You're not going to be mechazic that in writing if it's a purely a suspicion, right? Therefore, that's not the kind of thing that the Chazal are going to be mechazic, right? So that was a bias uh, suggestion. Rava, however, says Bidemai Hikilo. It's a different thing, like Rashi says, the it's as we've seen already. And when it comes to issues of demai, usually we're making anyway. In other words, the whole question is how could we rely on it to not have to take off miser? Don't we know that Divray Rabanon and this miser is Demai, right? So the fact that you have to take miser off of Demai is a is a Don't we know this has not, not as much to do with writing versus verbal? But it is still an, 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 a uh, data point within Rabbi Yehuda to see that we have a case of a common, very common demai, a very common derabanan, where Rabbi Yehuda holds we don't need chizuk, and we say, okay, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. Don't we have to give a chizuk to the derabanan? Says the Gemara, right? The solution of Abaye and Rava. Either we don't give chizuk to these kinds of things because it's a suffix, or like Ravah, yeah, typically we give chizuk to the Durbanan, the but there is one Durbanan at least where we don't have to give chizuk, which is demai, because demai in itself, we were extremely maykill because of the nature of it, because it really was a, not a very common thing. Ravah Amaretz did have the miser, so it's really not very shchiyach at all. Okay, uh, two dots, eleven lines down. have um, said that it's considered be ilas znus if you don't give a full 200 zuz. So the Gemara, call a This sounds like even if he does it through the tna, but doesn't actually succeed. Right. In other words, alma tna a Right. The la elamana bilas Basically, what it means is like this: that if we the in the nigh, so then that would be a problem because after all, the woman. What's going on here? The woman is getting the wrong idea. How does the bi'ila turn into bi'ilas nus when the chas and kala are not on the same page? Ah. So if the kala thinks she's going to get less than the mana, but really the t'nai is batal and she, and she gets the full, they're not on the same page. That's how you get a bi'ilas nus. Ay, v'ash ha'min, the remain dharma call masna al Masha kaseh it's now batal. Ha, it's now So we're going to say, if you're masne al uh, Masha the t'nai should be bottle. So why would it be kaim b'dirabanaan? So the Mara answers, and with this we'll conclude today, Kasavir Rabbi Meir, Ksuba Del A nuclear idea here. A data point. We just said that Ksuba was Derbanon, and now we're saying that there's a sheet of Ksuba Del as I've been saying, teasing the last couple of days. That's a massive sugya. It's not really, this isn't really where the sugya is, but just to show you, there is a sugya indeed to be had. We'll resume tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, with two dots, in the middle of Nunvav, Amud Beis.